Welcome to the Heart and Liver Podcast. A podcast about two guys spilling their guts about God, life, and fatherhood. Hello and welcome to Casting Nets Podcast. I'm Pastor Dave Rudot. I am one of your hosts. Uh, today, this podcast is about real life and living faith. Today, we're having another uh, one of our special guests, uh, my brother, John Rudot, and I. Uh, we're talking about stuff we want our kids to know, and, re- and we're recording ourselves for posterity. So we're spilling our guts uh, for our kids. In this podcast today, we're talking about prayer. Uh, John Rudot, just to give an introduction, John is a dad, a father, a Christian, a, the owner of Out of the Box, a family bookstore and discount goods. Maybe I should have you introduce yourself, John. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm a dad, husband. Um, help me have outside the box family store in Appleton that we just opened. And um, I also help churches and nonprofits and small businesses with uh, websites. And I also help my own church with an online ministry. And you have a podcast with your lovely wife, Carol Ann, called? Yep. Uh, Moving to a 10. Yep. Moving, We've, yep. Um, we haven't done episodes in a while, but we want to get back to it. But yeah. Awesome. So like I said today, it, our topic is prayer. So we'll be talking about different prayers that we have used as Christians, as dads, as fathers, as we're raising our children. Uh, we wanted to be able to pass this on to our kids as well. And sometimes with uh, so many kids that John and I have, we're not sure which kid got what information. And so we thought, what what better way than just put it all out there on a podcast that they, they can listen to either now or in the future, uh, our take on prayer. And since it is just our take, um, it is just our opinion, so it's not necessarily the reflection of our churches or our church bodies. But uh, so, if there's something that you are listening to, something that uh, offends you, I don't know if there's anything that's offensive about prayer, but it, I don't know what ticks people off these days. But if it's something that you is unsettling to you, please reach out to us at castingnetspod at gmail dot com. You can talk to us also on Facebook as well, or talk to talk to me in person at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Shirley. So without further ado, let's uh, get the music and go right on to our topic. When we're talking about prayer, there's two different types of prayer. A prayer that is already prepared for you, written down, or something that you come up with on your own. A lot of the prayers that we're talking about today are prayers that we come up with on our own. First of all, I want to just talk about the obvious one, the Lord's Prayer. Was that your phone or my phone? That was my phone. Uh, wonderful. This is this is the amateur nature of our podcast. <laughs> 
So anyway, Lord's Prayer would be one. Uh, that's actually uh, after this podcast and Casting Nets uh, net, uh, de- ca- Casting Nets uh, podcast. After this one, I'm going to be having a series on the Lord's Prayer where we have a little bit of a devotion and also a Q&A. Uh, your questions are commonly asked questions about that aspect of the Lord's Prayer. So that's something that's uh, looking ahead for our kids to also uh, listen to. Anything to add on that, John? No, I'm just a guest on your podcast, so. (laughs) (laughs) Ask you a question and then you'll give an answer, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The second uh, way that uh, an individual could pray is using the Acts prayer. That's usually something that in confirmation class, myself as a pastor, that's one of the, the, um, one of the prayers that I teach. Acts prayer, A-C-T-S. Uh, stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And I'm not exactly sure where Acts came from or who came up with it, but it's just an idea of trying to walk through what a prayer might sound like if you're putting something together. Like if you are going to try to be the psalmist and do their psalms, sometimes they follow this pattern of you, you start off that prayer with an adoration, with a some sort of compliment to God. Um, just imagine if you were able to see a somebody famous, what would you say about them? Like, you know, I really love your work. I really love the, you in this movie, or I really like this book that you wrote here in adoration. That would be uh, something that we would add uh, to that prayer is to say, Lord, you are awesome because. Um, anything to add to that, John? I don't have a question for you. Yeah. Um... I think we're in an age of short, quick content. And then if somebody puts you on the spot, say, Hey, can you lead us up in prayer now? Um, you adoration, you got to take a moment and think, you know, what characteristic of God are you going to praise him for? Um, at the moment, that's appropriate for what's happening around right before the prayer was going to happen. Um, so I think, and I don't think people allow for the time to think and ponder. And then for, I guess, to keep in mind when you're going to ask, you know, if you're in an event and you're going to ask, oh, we'll just ask pastor to pray. Uh, yes, he can do it on the fly, right on the spur of the moment, but... I think, you know, thinking ahead and letting them know, you know, as soon as you see them, you know, hey, we're going to ask you to pray around this time or when this happens or whatever. To make it more meaningful, because I guess that's what I don't like is um, prayers that maybe are full of words and they're nice words. But if they're not meaningful for the situation, then I feel kind of hollow. Mm. Adoration can be an also a statement of faith. This is what I believe about this God that I'm about to pray to. So it can be if you are praying in a group, then you're also making a confession of faith. Um, when you're by yourself, I really like what you're saying. It just gives you, if you're starting off with adoration, it gives you pause because you oftentimes are just going to rush right to what you want and to reflect on what does it mean that I'm talking to the God of the universe and, uh, just to, re- I like, I, I'm just really liking what you're saying. Just that idea of pausing for a second, 
I'm, I'm talking to someone who's greater than a celebrity. I'm talking to the almighty God. And let's, let's, let me think about some of the things that he has done for me. Next on the list would be confession, which would probably be the good, makes this a good Lutheran suggestion because Lutherans are big on confession and absolution, uh, confessing our sins to God. Um, uh, prayer is the time for that. Sometimes uh, the weakness in confession is that you don't get to hear absolution. So you're confessing your sin to God. And maybe sometimes you, when you're praying to God, you say, well, I got to throw this confession in there. Um, you know, I'm sorry for this or I'm sorry for that from two weeks ago or something like that. And you forget that you've already been absolved of that. You've already been forgiven of that. Move on. And, uh, yes, you are a sinner, but you get to talk to the God of the universe. So my suggestion as a dad is yes, we confess our sins, but don't let this be, oh, um, your, uh, your fee for the rest of the, <laughs> for the rest of the prayer. Like I'm going to pray for some really big things. So I better make sure I, before I do that, I, I make a deposit of these are all the sins I've done. Yeah. And um going off on that. God answering our prayer is not based on our, what we do, our performance, how good we are or how bad we are. Yeah. But it, it's also good because it keeps us humble too, as well. So it's like, there's this. Yeah, I think you need to have, you need to confess, but then you, even if you don't feel like you're feeling really crappy about what you did and you confess it, you still have, I think you, I would encourage the people to, and our kids, I would encourage them to tell God, I'm holding on to your promise through Jesus that you forgave me. Yeah, that's well said. Um, the only other thing I would add it with confession is if something really bothers you, talk to, talk to somebody about it, talk to your dads about it, or talk to your spiritual father, your pastor about it and hear his wonderful forgiveness so that, uh, this is not something that weighs on your heart every time you're coming before the throne of grace and prayer. Now, it, Next do up, I have, do I have this right? Um, Satan is the accuser. Yes. So. God maybe pricks us with our sin to bring us back to him. But Satan wants to keep accusing us, making us feel guilty way past the absolution. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's the uh, thing about um, Lutherans historically, you know, we are Catholics too. You know, we know how to, we know about all about guilt and and feeling guilty but do we know about living in forgiveness and in grace that we have because of what Jesus has done? Which leads me up to Thanksgiving, uh, giving thanks to God for the day or th- thanks for uh, um, for what he has done for you in the past. If you're at an event and you're praying and you are giving an opportunity to give thanks, maybe you want to thank, for, thank him for uh, something that happened recently among the people that are there. Uh, Thanksgiving is also always a good thing when we're praying because it reminds us, uh, um, I don't know, for me, it, it helps me not to be so whiny when I'm praying because I'm thanking God, you know what, I've been given another day, I've been given a roof over my head uh, when I'm stressed about finances or stressed about how things are going health-wise, you go, Lord, you've at least given me another day and given me another opportunity, thank you. 
All right. Uh, moving on to supplication. So at the very end of Acts, you have supplication, which is where you get the, to the part where you ask God for something. Um, I can see the wisdom in the progression of going from adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You ask God at the end after you've done all the other things. Um, it also helps you get in the right frame of mind when you're asking God for things that you are. Oh, I. Okay, that leads us to the last part of Acts, which is supplication. I can see the wisdom behind behind having supplication at the end. Uh, as you work through all of these things, uh, adoring God, thinking about your relationship with him, and the, thanking him for all the things that he has given us, most importantly, Jesus. Then you get to the end with supplication, ask God. Uh, one of the cool things about prayer because of Jesus is that we can ask him for anything, and we have the confidence that he will act. Uh, oftentimes we say, well, God will say yes, no, or wait. And I've often thought about the no still is God acting. God's going to say, okay, this isn't good for you, but I'm going to do something else that's better for you. So he's still acting. So it's we never have to worry about our prayers just bouncing off of him and saying, well, that's not good enough for you, or it's not a good enough prayer or not a good enough request or not good for you request, and, and now God isn't going to do anything until you figure out the right way to ask him for something. Where God is a God of love and God of mercy and God of grace, and most importantly, the, the part about love where he's going to do what's best for you. So even when you pray a prayer where you don't get an answer right away, that God is going to be um, acting on that prayer. So I, like, I, I go ahead. I I like keeping it simple, saying either God's going to answer your prayer the way you asked for, or he'll give you something better. The something better might be not at all what you had on your radar, but it, it would be something better for not maybe not just you either. He's thinking bigger. Yes. Um so for an example of an X prayer, I've, I've got one example here where it goes like this. Dear God, you are so great and powerful, more important to me than anything. So often I do not do what you want me to do. I sin and deserve your punishment. But thank you, God, for sending your son Jesus to be my savior and to rescue me from my sin so that I can know and will be with you in heaven. Please help my friend with the fam problems in her family. If I can be of help to her, please make that clear to me. Also, please help me with the big test this week. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's X. The, another way to pray, so we've got five different ways to pray, and there is definitely no way that's better than the other, um, but there are lots of opportunities and options for you, uh, dear child, to pray. And the third one I'm really interested in hearing is praying through the scriptures. Uh, this is something that uh, John has done in the past. So please, John, explain what does it mean to pray through the scriptures? Um, I learned it from, I thought it was a book entitled Too Busy Not to Pray. Um, and basically, you just take a Bible passage and you turn it into your prayer. And you put yourself in it. And so for today, I just randomly picked a psalm, Psalm 27. And it's one of those where I 
I have the first verse right off the page. I'm like, oh, this was, um, God wanted me to read this today. Uh, so, um, because coming into our conversation today, I just got a email. So we, we talked earlier about outside the box business. Uh, we just opened. Um, just got an email from my landlord saying, Hey, um, got the bill for the utilities for November, December, and it was twice as much as estimated. And, oh, and by the way, um, you need to take care of the sign. I need to take care of the sign, which is, is cost money to get a new sign put up. And, oh, by the way, Uline sent me an invoice for the things I bought for the open the store, and that needs to be paid. And then you're looking at the bank account, and you're going, I, I don't know if this is going to work. Psalm 27 starts out, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Nobody. <laughs> that's the that that's what. He, um, and then you, when you read the rest of the psalm, it's um, well, it's of it's all about people fighting against him, against David, the writer, and and like, well, I don't have anybody fighting me. I I don't fear for my life because of my faith. I don't fear for my life because of anything else. I'm just afraid of finances. Um, and here the, and so this is how I would pray, I guess, praying this for me. Um, Lord, you are my light and my salvation. I, I have nothing to fear. Lord, you are the stronghold of my life. I need you to Remind me that and hold me close. And I should not be afraid and I need your strength to help overcome my fear. And I would, you know, in the Lord's name, amen. That's how I would. Would you go through the whole psalm like that or just whatever hits you? Well, yeah, whatever hits me. I mean, because the rest of it is really, you know, David, his prayer, because he's got people coming after him. Um, but it's also, um, as I'm looking at this one, like um, verse four, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Um for the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling, and he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high up on a rock. So it, it's nice to you can, you know, have that same prayer. I mean, he's looking I don't know if he's looking at the moment, like he's wanting 
to dwell in the the actual no, he, the actual temple wouldn't have been built. Yeah, it wouldn't have been built. Yeah, so he's his dwelling, his tabernacle, or is he thinking yeah, long term? You know, you know, big picture. In the end, those who believe in him are going to be dwelling in his house, and you are protected. And this is a very poetic, real way of looking at it, that no matter what comes, I'm going to be safe in his temple. Yeah, because the temple represents the presence of God, where this is where God is. And he does mention tents, so it's got like the tabernacle-ish type picture. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it it is interesting because you think of uh, the temple, we're going through Leviticus also on our Casting Nets podcast, and so... We're talking about sacrifices and all the blood and all that stuff being spilt. And so that you think that's what the temple is about. It's about atoning for your sin and taking care of your sin. But Leviticus doesn't talk about sin right off the bat. Doesn't even talk. It talks about being in the fellowship of God, being in the presence of God. This is how Leviticus chapter one starts. And uh, we were talking about in our podcast how just this whole idea of what does God, when he, when we worship God, it is always God's activity first that brings us into his presence. Um, and we're, we're joking how oftentimes we think the beginning of the service doesn't happen until we have the confession absolution. But really, the beginning of the service is when God brings us into his family and says, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with the reminder of baptism. Mm-hmm. So I, I can really see that with David. He's focusing on the temple, not in terms of the sacrifices for sin, but the the presence of God, this is what this means when he's feeling he's attacked uh, or when we are feeling afraid. Isn't that the thing that we are feeling alone? And this psalm is such a good psalm to remind us we're not alone. Um, We are in the presence of God no matter where we go. Yes, we want to be with God forever in heaven, and that's what's most important. But uh, it doesn't mean that he's not with us here and now. I also like praying through scripture because sometimes it gets very real and it maybe mm, gives words to how you feel that you didn't know were okay to say to God in a prayer, (laughs) you know, like if further on in verse in verse seven, he says, hear my voice when I call Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. He's um, kind of feeling like, I'm not being listened to here. You know, hey, pay attention. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. So he's saying, okay, my heart says I got to go find God. I got to go be in his presence. And then he says, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. He knows he's not worthy. And he says, even though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. So I think that's pretty, I don't, we don't have a, do we know if, if his father and mother actually forsook him, David? No, I just, don't feel in that way. He's feeling like everybody, even the most closest people, you would never think, your father and mother, who you would never think would forsake you. He feels like they are. Everyone is. Everyone's mm-hmm. turned against him. So if can I model this then praying through the scriptures? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm just learning this from you, and you can you can give me feedback. I'm so. not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> so you would say, Lord, sometimes when I'm praying or when I'm going through my life, I feel like 
you are so far away that I know that I can talk to you at any time, but it feels like you're not listening. Uh, please don't hide your face from me or turn away from me in anger. I don't deserve to have you acting in my life, but you have promised to do so because of Jesus, um, in that you will always take me in, even if I feel most alone or if I feel like nobody else could possibly love me, you still love me. So please help me uh, face whatever I am facing and help me in, in my, the struggles that I am facing right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, amen. Something like that? If there's no right or wrong That's, answer, it's just a different way. It just, I guess it helps you by grabbing scripture. It does two things. It gets God's word into you and then you internalize it and apply it to what you're going through and use some of the same words and same thoughts. And that's how it goes. I, I, I like doing it. So I don't do it often enough. Um, Right. How, how, many, how many of us can say that we pray often enough? Um, yeah. it, it's just always, uh, Paul says pray continually and we, we kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, sure. Um, but just the idea of we can bring any kind of, like you were saying, any kind of, uh, emotion that we're going through. The Psalms help us remember that if there are some emotions where you would think, I can't bring that emotion to God or I can't admit that. But God wants us to address those emotions so that he can heal us with his word to remind us of his comfort um, so that it addresses those those big emotions that we're feeling. And in this particular Psalm 27, at the end, it almost seems like it switches. Um, he ends in verse 13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then, So you're kind of like, oh, okay, the you know, Psalms kind of wrapped up. And then it says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So he like switches from this is my prayer to God, this is David's prayer to God. All of a sudden at the end, he's like, okay, now you reader in the future, whoever's going to read this, Take courage and wait. Yeah, or he's saying this to himself. Can you imagine, right, I mean, like right. the the will saying to to his emotion and his heart that's all over the place, feeling scared and alone and uh, um, frustrated with God. Mm-hmm. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And the reason why we can be strong because of all the promises that he he mentions in that in that text. That he is the God who saves. So, why did you pick Psalm twenty-seven? Is there like a Psalms that you're going through? Is there did, no? Just, it was I was just I was like, okay, Dave's going to ask me about praying through the Scripture. Um, I'm going to pick Psalms, and then I'm looking at the numbers of all the chapters of Psalms, and right in the middle of that is twenty-seven. Pick twenty-seven, so and there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Have you ever done doing this outside of the Psalms or? Yes, I have. I okay. haven't done it recently outside the Psalms, but um, you can. The Psalms are the easiest ones to do because they're already naturally mostly prayers. Or, yeah. you know, poetry that can be used as a prayer. Sure. Yeah. Um, you could do... 
I don't know, I was just, I was just looking at, Jeepers. <laughs> so, okay, the other random one that I picked just now was Isaiah 55. Uh-huh. Uh, because pastor at, at my church, pastor had referenced Isaiah 55 in his sermon. So it just stuck with me. And so I picked that number right now. Okay, knowing what I told you about before, about my anxiety and fears that I'm going through right now today. Mm-hmm. Why spend money on what is not bread? <laughs> <laughs> and your labor, what does not satisfy? Listen to me. <laughs> it was listen. Um, he talks about come, you who have no money, <laughs> come and buy and eat. <laughs> I think at the more you get into, no, not the more. There's no God works the word to speak to you when you need to hear it. And sometimes it's for me, sometimes it's like this where it's like the random passages that I'm picking is like hitting me right in the heart. And sometimes you pick random passages or you're following a Bible reading plan, whatever. And you're like, I, 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 I don't get it. I'm not getting anything. Nothing strike, no lightning strike, nothing. And that's okay. That's the way it goes because it's, you're getting God's word percolating in you. And so it may not hit you right away. What would you say you were going through Leviticus where everybody kind of bogs down? Yeah. Yeah. We're going through the book of Leviticus where nobody wants to read it or they, when they start reading it, they get bogged down because of all the sacrifices and all of that. And they go, well, uh, I'm supposed to read through the Bible in a year and I'm not going to make it. If I have to read through this Leviticus stuff and it just seems, yeah. So that's why our whole goal is to help people who are reading through the Bible to get through the book of Leviticus or people who haven't read the book of Leviticus to be more familiar with it. Yep. Those are all very good points. And thank you very much for sharing, praying through the scriptures. So that's number three. Another way to pray is an impromptu prayer where it is, uh, you're just going to go before the throne of God and talk. And sometimes uh, we need a little bit of uh, things, uh, pointers to how do you pray for an impromptu prayer. So uh, lead us through how you would want your kids to pray an impromptu prayer. Um, I'm thinking this is a situation where you don't have a lot of time to prepare. Um, maybe something just happened or an emotion has just come over you. Um, and so I would just basically take two parts of the expert, the thanks and the supplication, you know, thank you, Lord, for whatever, um, for, I always like to, if I don't have anything to thank him for right in front of me, I always go to, he is loving me more than what I deserve to be loved. That his love, his answering my prayer is not based on me or my situation or what I've done. He is answering his, my prayer because of him and his love. And so I have to remind myself of that. And then I can go right into, okay, this is what's in front of me. This is how I'm feeling. I need help. I need encouragement. I need peace. 
need wisdom. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I do. Yeah, when my uh, wife and I pray, when when your kids, your mom and I pray, that's a lot of times what we what we fall into is just thanking God. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the previous day, whatever it was, especially if the kids worked late at night or something. Thank you for bringing them safely here. Um, and now we've got this day coming ahead. We need some help. And I really like what you're saying, how sometimes if you forget uh, what to thank God for, just remind yourself you're loved more than more than you deserve. One of the pastors, when I was serving out in South Dakota, always seemed to bring prayer into every conversation, like not just talking about prayer, but actually praying, which I always admired. You know, we he was our circuit pastor, so we would ask him a question or a question would be asked, and he would say, Lord, give us wisdom. And then he would like just go in into conversation. Some, yeah, he would just like I, I would you would ask me a question, Dave, what do you think about this? He would say, Lord, give me wisdom and then just go. Um, and I, it's just one of those things where I, I just, uh, I w- would like to do that more in my own life, not just as you know, in my pastor role, but also as a, as a dad and father, as kids are talking, just to bring up. For me, it, it reminded me that this, of the ongoing conversation that we can have with God during the day, that it isn't just something that happens in the morning or at meals in the evening, but it is something that can happen throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So do you add variety in the meal prayers? Yes. At home? Yeah. How do you it's not, yeah, we do a lot of Camp Philip prayers. So it's just a lot of where we would sing. Camp Philip has lots of prayers to song and music. So we'll, yeah. we'll rotate through those. Um, we used to have it where each kid picked what to pray for that particular day. And then the kids didn't want to pick. And so then we got lazy. And so then I'm always the one that's picking, but I know you have your kids pray individually. So tell us more about that. Uh, right. No, <laughs> no. I mean, that's nope. why, right. Right. Well, okay. So we like to have all the kids come around and pray before the meals. And, um, we did have it where we rotated who like picked or led the prayer. And we haven't done that recently. If we should ask them about that, getting back into that. Um, I've just been rotating through the common table prayer and, um, the one, our, my Caroline's in-laws, um, Caroline's folks, the God is gracious, short little God prayer. Yeah. Yep. And then we make them for our food. Mm-hmm. And then the, we call it the clapping prayer. You know, give thanks, clap, clap to the Lord, to the, clap, clap. That's a Camp Phillips song, yeah. 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 We don't remember the rest of the Camp Phillips songs. Yeah, okay. We need a repertoire. <laughs> we, uh, you guys, we you guys to... can make a family CD of those. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, during the pandemic, your sparked interest. We did do that more often, where we would get, uh, to like in the early days of the pandemic, when everything was shut down and kids were having school in home, and we were all everyone was supposed to be uh, quarantined for the first, you know, three weeks, four weeks, and every night, then we would have a prayer where we would 
each we would have a, a dry erase board. And then we listed off all the things to pray for that particular day. And then one of the kids went through and prayed those things. Okay. And that was really, I really liked it. I liked hearing some of the prayers that the kids came up with. Um, so it was, uh, my youngest daughter had one where instead of give us this day, our daily bread, she said, give us this day, our daily sleep. You know, it was just one of those, those things that she, that she hung on to that she really liked that she, she took something that she, a prayer that she was familiar with and then added her own little uh, tweak to that. Yeah. So we would do uh, on those dry erase boards, we would try to do the ax prayer and then we did the next one, uh, the five finger prayer. So if you're ready for the five finger prayer, okay, we'll go on to that. Uh, five finger prayer is a prayer that I also teach in confirmation. It's not something that I've come up with. I don't know who came up with it, but it, it basically is taking the fingers of your hand. If you think of your thumb is those closest to you, so your family members. So you pray for the, your family members, whatever it is, uh, God be with them or give them strength. At the pointer finger, you would pray for those who point the way. So that would be for pastors or for their teachers if they're in a Christian day school or even in public school because they're trying to, to lead you on how, how to live your life uh, in this world. So those who point the way. Uh, the middle finger would be, because it's the tallest finger, that's for those who are in authority. So you would pray for your government, um, pray for your police officers and firefighters. And uh, and like during the pandemic, I remember we prayed a lot for our government uh, just because a lot of times the government wasn't uh, the most popular person in our house or most popular entity in our house because of all of the mandates and whatnot. Uh, to remind ourselves to pray for those in authority for the decisions that they're going to make and, and praying for us to be um, submissive to those in authority. Then the ring finger would be for those who are weak because the ring finger is often the weakest ha- uh, finger of the f- five fingers. So you would pray for those who are in need or the, and, uh, um, and during the pandemic, it was those who had COVID or those who were struggling with COVID. There were plenty of people that we knew personally that were dealing with COVID. So that was uh, on that list. And then the pinky finger would be the last finger. That would be where you would pray for yourself. So that's a, a pinky prayer. So it would sound something like this, dear Lord, please be with my family uh, today as they're traveling in the, in the cold weather, uh, be with our pastors and our teachers throughout our, um, in our area, especially those teachers who are struggling because now they have, um, in our public schools, we have, um, the online schooling and it's a lot more pressure on our, our teachers and our students. So please be with them that they would uh, do their jobs well and give them strength and patience, uh, during this stressful time. Be with our government, uh, our state and our local and our national government. Be with our leaders that they would make wise decisions. Um, that would be for the safety of the people under their care. We also pray for those who are struggling with COVID. We thank you for all of the um, all of the the tools that you have given us. A pandemic like this reminds us of what we deserve. We deserve uh, to be wiped out by plagues, but yet in your mercy, you provide vaccines. You you provide treatments. You provide doctors and nurses, and so that be with them and. Be with those who are struggling with COVID and give them um, 
show them your mercy, not because they deserve it, but because of who you are. And lastly, um, be with myself and the things that I'm dealing with today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So that would be the five-finger prayer. Questions cool. for that on that? No, thanks for sharing. That's awesome. Yeah, and so in uh, confirmation, if you've got uh, younger kids, you could have put a piece of paper and then put your hand on it, make an outline around the hand, and then write in the things that you want to pray for. So those are five different ways for you kids to pray uh, using the Lord's Prayer. Obviously, you can use a, any kind of written prayer, uh, acts, ad, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, praying through the scriptures, uh, just pick a Bible passage or going through the Psalms, pick a Psalm and, and ingest it, digest it, and then spit it back out to, to God. Uh, impromptu prayers, praying in, in any situation. Uh, that Thanksgiving supplication, that, you know, giving thanks and then asking for something, and reminding yourselves of uh, you are loved more than you deserve, and um, and the God who is listening wants to also hear your request or the five finger prayer. John, your closing thoughts on prayer? It's a good thing to do, and I don't do it enough. Yeah. I don't know how did did Luther so Luther talked about three hours a day. Did he give any tips as to how he did that? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not an expert on that. Somebody else could probably write in or, <laughs> or say that, but just the idea of he had the, all of that monastic, the, the mass, monastic orders, uh, which means they had different, a discipline for how, you know, they woke up at, they, he woke up really early and lots of time to pray, and then he would go and do his job and then pray again some more. So there's just uh, he had that discipline in his monastic life that helped him after he was a monk. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, we we don't do it enough, but what, what an awesome thing that we have a God who who doesn't need us to pray. <laughs> In order to act in our life, like we don't, he's not like just holding the floodgates back saying, well, Dave Rudot, I'm not going to uh, do anything because you haven't prayed enough to me today. Or John Rudot, I, I'm not going to help you out because you haven't prayed to me enough today. Mm-hmm. And I know Lutherans are oftentimes just uh, leery about the topic of prayer just because people turn it into a means of grace. Like this is how God communicates to me through prayer. And what I really liked about your uh, praying through the scriptures is just that the the marriage between our conversation to God and God's conversation to us, where mm-hmm. really that would be, if you're going through a prayer and you want to be able to have God speak to you, that would be the way to do it, in my opinion, yep. is, is to go through the scriptures at the same time, because he is going to speak through his word because he has promised to speak through his word, that his word will not return to him empty. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna prayer pray through Leviticus? <laughs> God give us wisdom. <laughs> oh, there you go. God give us the words to say. 
Well, God go with you. Um, you certainly, John, you will be in my prayers that God would help you in the situation with your finances. Oh, thank you. And for our listeners, out of the box family is open Wednesday to Wednesday, no, wait, Wednesday to Saturday, one to six p.m. They have they have used books. They also have uh, lots of um, uh, discount goods, and discount goods is basically think of Costco, but without the yearly fees. Think of getting a lot of the things that you might find at Costco or find at Sam's Club or find uh, bulk items that are um, at a reduced discount rate. And when they're gone, they're gone. So we don't know when we're going to get in next. So, yep. If you see it here one day, the next time you come, it may not be here. So my last encouragement for those who are listening is to, um, you're, you have a real life given to you in Christ. And this real life is lived day to day in God's grace. Um, by the power of his means, his means of grace in your life, his word and sacrament. And he has given you this wonderful option uh, to pray and to talk to him. And, and there's there's lots of freedom in that as well that we don't have to worry about. We have to pray a certain way, but uh, we can pray to God for all the wonderful things that he has done for us. 